Dad, welcome back to another episode of Talking Church. We had uh, that sounds like a Saturday Night Live thing. Talking too- Church. I mean, it's been the name we've stuck with. It's it, good. It's, it's good. Last week we had Grandma on. That was fun. Yes. She. Uh, we had some clips kind of go viral with Grandma. People love Grandma, which is amazing because they love her. And she's like, what is this interweb? She, That's well, she, she, is. she started the podcast by saying, what's a podcast? Did she really say that? She, yeah. I mean, she came in. She's like, I've never heard of a podcast before. Oh, but, that's her. Yeah, it was the most, one, the Instagram video was the most watched video we've ever had on any of our platforms for anything. Good for grandma. Yeah, grandma. So she's represented. But today, uh, as much as we love talking about grandma, um, your mm-hmm. mom, my grandma, uh, today I want to talk about delegation, empowerment, leadership. Um, we're wrapping up wrapping up our Seek Week. Uh, this comes out on, on Tuesdays, and so we just finished up our Seek Week. But uh, a lot of times you get asked about empowering people, and mm-hmm. you've been a youth pastor. Wait, you just said it's Seek Week, and I don't think people know what it is. That's true. Talk about Seek, Seek Week. Seek Week was uh, something we did a, a – our theme for the year is Ask, Seek, Pray. Last year. Yep. And I said, we're going to do a Seek Week, and we're going to have service uh, for four straight nights. So really, Sunday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we all went and worked with a street ministry on Friday, and then we did Serve Your City on Saturday, and then right back into church. So it literally was like yeah. from Saturday all the way through the following Sunday. And it was a night emphasis on healing, a night emphasis on the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, it was uh, a night on the next generation and then a night on let's reach the world for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it was so successful last year that it was just part of our theme that everybody said, you have to do it this year. We did it again, and it was more successful this year than last year, Yeah, and we're building on it. We're just going to keep it. And we found one of those weeks that pastors find by accident, a week where everybody's there. Mm-hmm. And you know, all of a sudden, you you schedule an event. And you're like, "Hey, it worked!" Yeah, people showed up. What is it about the second week of October that everybody's here? Like in Minnesota, that'd be bad because of the MEA. But we found the week after the Fourth of July, everybody's gone on the Fourth of July, and the week after, there's just a bunch of people home, and so they were home and they were hungry, and it was amazing. But I got teased because talk about grandma. We had 71 year old Glenn Berto. And then we had 81-year-old uh, Martha Tennyson. So they're like, what's next? A 91-year-old? No, then we went to a teenager. But, yeah. you know, and then I was the youth guy at 57. Yeah, so, you yeah. know. Hey, but, we're hearing wisdom from the next generation. That's right. I, I mean, hey, Instagram likes it. People like it. But it was a great, yeah, and for that to go viral with an yeah. 81-year-old, the octogenarians, we need their wisdom <laughs> before Google. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Next year, we're combining... Seek Week with conference. We're not. Act- we're actually kind of yeah. wondering what we're going to do. Well, we thought, oh, we'll have plenty of room, and then we've had so much response from this last Seek Week, and we're trying to figure out how it's all going to work out. So it'll conference is still July eighth through tenth. Seek Week's going to happen in the midst of all that. We're right. wondering if we're going to rent a bigger venue, if we're going to do multiple locations, have it at three or four locations. Yeah. I mean, everything's in play. But God is doing something. He did something amazing at conference. Did something amazing at Seek Week, and so we're excited for twenty twenty four to just build upon all of that. Well, and. Glenn and Martha both were commenting when they were here, like, this is revival. And they're like, and I just expected it to be bigger, you know, like, <laughs> oh, like revival is bigger. And they're like, no, you don't understand. It's like 1,500 people When, when thousands of people show up each night 
and they're hungry for God. And it's Monday and Tuesday in summer in Minnesota, and we get like an eight-week summer, and people are giving up nights. They're like, God's doing something special. Yeah. So I'm excited. And now I'm like, all right, what's next year with conference? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. It was interesting. Terry, um, he shared at this Empower 21 event in Amsterdam, and Rob Hoskins gave him an intro and said, hey, you know, Terry, he's a part of the Church River Valley, and it's this amazing church that's seeing the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation in a very liberal city. And, you know, just mention it for us, it's very normal. But he said he had so many people come up to him afterwards and said, how are you doing that in such a liberal city? And it's funny because right. we've just always, it's always been really liberal. We've not thought about it. But when I, when I looked around and said, yeah, you look at a lot of the other really liberal major cities and there isn't as much of that. Now, I'm sure there are examples that we don't know of. Sure, but sure. But you just, in the North, it's different and you just don't see that. But in Minneapolis, there is something unique that has been happening with these moves. And again, it's not, I'm not claiming Asbury Revival over in Minneapolis. Right. But I actually, I got to admit, I actually thought during worship one of the nights, I was like, God, if you did it at Asbury, why not here? Mm -hmm. We're just as hungry. And I, you know, the presence of God was so strong, but I was thinking that. And, uh, praying for it how do you how do you discern some of that in when you have an amazing service when you have an amazing weekend when you have an amazing conference or seek week or whatever it is to where you're gauging is this just because we do things well we do we we create room versus let's keep going i mean i i just think it would be right if all we did was worship and pray and, and minister. And I mean, how do you stop versus how do you, so like, how have you discerned that over the years of wondering, like even a service, when is a service done? There's probably some people sitting in the service going, I'm ready to go. And there's other people saying, I'm ready to stay and But these and seek. were two and a half hour I know. long services that we had to like do a dismissal, like, all right, God bless. We'll see you tomorrow night. And I, that's way outside our normal. For I, those that don't know, our services are about an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. I got home. We're living with Max's parents, my in-laws right now, um, in between houses. And I got home at like 9.45. Service started at 6.30 and they live five minutes away. And I said, there's still 500 people there. Like, yeah. Like, I was I was one of the first, I mean, not first people to leave, but right. there were still 500 people there at like 9.45 on the first. It's know. crazy. So I, I guess... I, I'm, I think we always do things with excellence, and I think that we're hungry for the presence of God. One of our sayings is, one moment in the presence of God can change everything, okay? And so that's been a driving value. And then on top of that, I've shared this before with our staff, but the more concentrated the group gets, the more intensity of worship, the more intensity of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean? If you're doing an outreach event and there's a bunch of people that don't even know Jesus, they're throwing Frisbees on the side and, you know, there's antagonists there, you know, there's a certain spiritual battle that's going on and there's a certain intensity that can be achieved. And then you go to, you're having a service and there's kids in there and they're crying and your parents and you're taking care of them. Again, a certain level of intensity. Well, then you get to there's people that are all hungry that have set aside time that are not going to the lake, not going to the park. It's it's not even in their normal rhythm. There's a, I'm not doing this, but I am doing this and I'm seeking. The intensity level goes up. And so I feel like it's the presence of God more than excellence. And, and people would be like, that's just so incredible. And I'm like, right. The intensity level is there. We're using our weekend services for outreach, for baby dedications, for all the different things that are going on. And it's all part of worship. 
But on and but on these, it's an intense seeking after the presence of God, and yeah. He's meeting that. And so it's it's way more supernatural than it is excellence. Yeah, I want to call an audible, and I think we can set aside empowerment and delegation for another time. Sure, sure. I, I want to talk about Holy Spirit gifts of the Spirit. How how you've allowed room for that in, in services? I know you mentioned it a little bit already, but I think there's probably pastors, church leaders, deacons, people listening that are curious. Maybe even just people that are in churches that are saying, "What's Pastor Rob think about that? Right. About the gifts of the Spirit?" From a young age, you've leaned into the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yep. How how for you? And again, you've preached on this, but just in this environment where we can have a conversation about it, how has the gifts of the Holy Spirit? being in operation in our church versus churches that you've attended or just seen friends like like why is that so important to you obviously we're assemblies of god but but you're not just grabbing a hold of a denomination it's it's real for yeah. you oh yeah well i was raised uh lutheran and learned the bible there it was amazing and went to the lutheran conference on the holy spirit is where my parents went and they got baptized in the holy spirit was was the conference like what was it, the Lutheran Conference on the Holy Spirit? It was at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Because Grandma mentioned that too. Yeah, it was at the Minneapolis Convention Center. And what was happening in the, like, Jesus Revolution, if you haven't seen the movie, you should. I'm just telling everybody that's listening, see it. I have a issue, like, I don't know what it is. I have, like, a bias against Christian movies. Like, I just feel embarrassed that they're going to be cheesy. And so I don't go see them usually when they come out. And I saw this one on the plane the other day, and I was like, why did I not see this earlier? I, I think I cried three, four times wow. because it reminded me of my experience. So during the Jesus Revolution of the 70s, it was happening in independent churches, and there were the hippies and the whole deal. and you know. But mainline denominations also were seeing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and you had the Catholic Conference on the Holy Spirit, you had the Lutheran Conference on the Holy Spirit, and uh, everybody is jumping in except for probably the Baptists. They were not jumping in. <laughs> no. They were like, not going to do. But everybody else is jumping in. And so we went to that. And then it was there that we started going to an independent charismatic church called Jesus People Church. You talk about the Jesus Revolution and that Jesus People era. We literally were going to a church called Jesus People Church. I went to the retreat. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was able to speak in tongues. Uh, I was blown away by the power of God, the love of, for God, the intimacy, the boldness that came upon me, all the different things. And that became the new norm of church. Was Fe Jesus people like, like what was a Sunday? Was it charismatic? Was oh it my goodness. Like, it would what? be, it would be everything, not flags, but it would be like, people would be dancing, spinning, whatever. Very charismatic. Very yeah. charismatic. And it might, like somebody might even be there that would be demon possessed and they'd like, cast the demon out and then take them to the back and minister to them. Like it was down on Hennepin Avenue, the the Minnesota State Theater where, so if anybody ever goes to an event there. Yeah, I was just there. That was my church. Crazy. That's where I went to church. Our church owned the Minnesota State Theater. And then through moral failures of the leadership, mm. uh, which was common, I would say, of uh, people that were coming out of the Jesus People Revolution, there, were, uh, there was a lot of baggage people were dealing with. And I didn't mean to say Jesus People Revolution like the movie, but the Jesus People era. There were a lot of things that they were dealing with, and they loved God, and they received the grace of God. Um, they probably never went deeper into sanctification. And then the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit was not 
as valued as the gifts of the spirit. And for me, you got to have the gifts and the fruit. And so you'd see crashes and things that like people would fall back into old things because they have claws in them. And, and, and if you don't get set free, if you don't find freedom, if you don't move forward, um, those things can pull you down. So ultimately they lost the state theater, but it was, it was an era. Well then fast forward. Okay. I go to start river Valley and we're a spirit filled church, but at the time Willow Creek is thriving. So not being spirit filled is what is working in America. And so tons of spirit filled people were like, Oh, maybe we should minimize being spirit filled because Willow Creek's growing and Saddleback's growing. And then you'd right on the cusp of that, you've got life church and you've got all these churches and, and fellowship church with Ed Young Jr. And all these churches, Andy Stanley, and they're all doing really well. And they're not being spirit filled. And so you're like, okay, we should back down on this and try to grow. And then something happened in me. I don't know. I just, I was like, the world's getting more evil. And, and yeah, that was a season where there was a great organization and growth, but I was like, we need to be spirit filled. Jesus gave us everything we needed to grow the church. He's like, love, if you love one another. And he's like, love God, love your neighbor. And then he said, wait till you get the power of the Holy Spirit. It was a two-part equation. Like, I'm going to give you the ability to love God, and that's going to mean a changed life. And then I'm going to get give you the ability to love your neighbor, which is mean you're going to change their life, and it's gonna you're going to live differently than other neighbors. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit because you're going to need that. And I was like, we can't leave that out. We can't leave that out. And so we pursued it so much so in a church. You, do you remember this? We went to visit a church that was predominant and not spirit-filled. Yeah, it was a Baptist. Yeah. And it was Baptist, and they were singing the same songs we were. And you were like, Dad, what's going on here? Nobody's raising their hands. Nobody's even interested in worship. I was like, it's okay. And you're like, Dad, that, that what is well, the we were, deal? We were raising our we hands. Raising, I was like seven or eight, and I was— You're like, nobody else is doing it. And I said, son, they don't— do spirit filled like we have baptism in the Holy Spirit and spirit filled and you leaned up to me and you go dad don't ever not be spirit filled mm-hmm. and I could tell you could value you loved it yeah so it was that and then it's the desire and then it was like getting past the I don't know I don't want to say the fears but the intellectual attacks on yeah. being baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues and I'm like wait 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 the early church did it um, they, they, Peter said, this prophecy is like from Joel and it's on you and your children and your, those far off. I mean, I, I'm so for this. And it's, if you look at the world and this is where I started arguing with people that had large churches that weren't spirit filled, which side note, half or three quarters of their staff are spirit filled yeah. and speak in tongues. Yes. But as a church, they don't do it. And I'm like, why do you have it, but you Some don't of watch even your... the lead pastors? They won't tell it to people, but yeah. they would say they do. Like there was, a, I, I didn't read the article, but Max Lucado got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa, uh, you know. Another friend, Miles McPherson, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he's like, okay, I, I haven't had this now. What? I had a, a, a pastor of a large Baptist church. And I would not embarrass him, but he was like, I want this. I, this is just the other day. I want this. Mm-hmm. So. I'm arguing with them like they're saying, well, the biggest churches in America, they're not spirit filled. And I said, the biggest churches in the world 
are spirit-filled. You go to Brazil, you go to South Korea, you go all around the world, you go to India, mm -hmm. the biggest churches in the world are spirit-filled. And I said, this is just a pocket and a time right now where America is liking to have organized religion that is a little more contemporary yeah. instead of organs and stuck in an era of, mm -hmm. you know, organs. Yeah, you look at the 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 movements that are happening in the Middle East, they're all spirit-filled movements. All spirit-filled. I mean, it's its very unique. I, I, one, a couple questions I have. As I've been, I, I'm doing my master's program right now, and really, I, I told you the other day, I said, I feel like I went into a new depth, and now I know nothing again. And it's exciting. I, I've been loving it. Good. Really excited about learning more. As a young pastor, you know, you always feel like, I, I need to know more about the Bible. And I just, right. you know, the entry-level hermeneutics is great, but you got to go deeper. I think what has been confusing for me growing up in the church, in the spirit-filled world, I feel like we've kind of been in between, which, of course, everyone would think that, this craziness and this, like, hush-hush attitude we've kind of just addressed. One thing that surprised me as a young pastor, again, always have grown up spirit-filled, never known anything right. different, is seeing people— that were seemingly spirit filled, that their worship sounded similar, their all the, you know, from afar, not in their services, but from afar. And then finding out, oh no, they don't actually believe the same theology we do about the gifts of the spirit. But to your point, a lot of their staff is well, and their worship leaders. Yes, yes, like true. some of their worship leaders are our former worship leaders. Yeah, who you, you know, know speak in tongues. Yeah, but then on the other side of it, you have maybe the the crazy critical like yeah. where televangelist type thing where it's manipulating. And again, some of it I think is is true and authentic and maybe just not your style, but then there's others that would be manipulative. And, you know, there was like a movie in the 80s, like Marjo or whatever, that was all like uh, faking everything. We watched that Oh, in sure, like he, for the earpiece. Yeah, and, and he was faking it all. And he yeah. they did the documentary, he was faking everything. And and so I think there's this this weird place for me as I've grown up is we don't want to be faking. We don't want to go out and do these healing crusades that we're not going to pray over the people in the wheelchairs, but we'll pray over the people that we kind of know are going to go with us. But then on the other side, we don't want to hide the Holy Spirit. How right. have you tried to manage those two? And I know, like you said, you've challenged people. You've challenged some pretty prominent names with, hey, you don't teach on this. Right. I'm like, it's good enough for you, but you don't teach to your church. And yeah. then one church went and did it and taught it to thousands of people. And it's a very young contemporary church. And again, I don't have permission to yeah. share the name, so I don't want to say it. Um, but here's what I want to say when you were reminding me about the crazy there's always been people that want to scam on the gospel, even in the book of Acts. Think about that. Um, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, they are looking to scam on the gospel. And like, oh, yeah, we did all the money, you know. And th that's literally like the first money scam. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then you go into Acts, Simon the sorcerer says, hey, hey, how do I get this power? Like, how do I to lay hands on people and have them do that? Like, and they're like, your money perish with you and you're going to be blind, you know? And so there's always been people that have been trying to do that. So don't throw it out that because that's happening, there isn't a real. Um, the other thing that I've also looked at is just the flaws that are allowed in people. Like I have flaws too. Everybody does. Okay. 
Um, and I did a sermon on this. Remember, I did grace, fruit, and gifts. Yeah. And we we all receive grace. We love the gifts that people have, and we platform them. And then there's fruit. And I've learned that people with amazing sorry about that people with amazing gifts um, don't always develop great fruit. And sometimes people with amazing gifts are fruity. <laughs> and not good yeah. in a good way. Yeah. And they're just weird, yeah. you know? And so, um, I, but I'm not going to throw it out. And I was convinced of this when my dad was healed at a Benny Hinn crusade. And I was like, whatever, you know, Benny is very eccentric. And and um, my dad had had a broken back and suffered all the time in pain. And Benny just waved his hand at him. And my dad goes crashing down on the chairs and gets up and he's totally healed. And I was like, all right, what do I do with that? You know? And it was um, legit. Like, legit. My dad was like the skeptic. Like, he was the Lutheran Bible study leader, baptized in the Holy Spirit, but there was zero nonsense with this man. Like, wouldn't fake anything. And how do you fake not being in pain when you've been in pain your whole life? So I've, I've thought about that with healing, right? And there's a lot of skeptics, theological skeptics, about whether it's for today or not. But then you see a real example of that. And it was interesting at the healing service on Tuesday night right. with Martha, you know, Mac and I, we're, we're praying for a healing, right? Right. I said, you're, it's easy to be skeptical about a healing until you need one. Then who do you want to pray for you? Do you want the person to pray for you that believes in healing or that's skeptical about healing? Right, right. And for me, I'm looking for the people that believe in faith, that have seen testimonies of healing. And again, it's, I know that's not a theological stance. So all the Baptists are like writing that down. But, but I think it is true to say, you look at you look at Peter and he goes in silver and gold, I don't have, but stand up and walk. That's the type of person you want praying for you. Right. You know, and so I think there's a, it's it's weird. I mean, we have stories in our family of healing that's documented, that's verified, yes. but there's still people that are like, it's not true. It's not true. I mean, how do you argue with Connor being healed of autism, which that is a sermon that's available. Yeah. I didn't ask for this. Mm -hmm. um, he was healed. I mean, there's no other way around it. He was healed. We have other people in our church that have been healed. And and I get this. This is what I don't understand. I don't understand why some people get healed and some don't. Right. Because it can be your faith, other people's faith. It can be just the goodness of God. And I can prove that with the man at the pool of Bethesda. He didn't even know who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine if Jesus was going to pick someone to heal that day, he'd have picked a fan. Yeah. And he picked a guy that didn't know who he was. Yeah. And so you can't say that you have to have faith. This guy was like, he answered the question wrong. Uh, do you want to get healed? He's like, well, I don't have anybody to throw me in the water. That wasn't the question, mm -hmm. you know? So to me, um, I don't know why. I, I know who does it. God heals. Jesus is the healer. He paid the price. And I know that he can. And I know that we have the ability to ask for it. And we're not crazy to ask for the healing, and if it doesn't happen, continue on loving him. Because, and I, I don't know if you could throw graphics on there, but I had that graphic on the podcast. Maybe, but, yeah, maybe. But I had that thing of, you know, I hold my hand up and I say, on this side, Jesus Christ paid for the healing. It's waiting for us in heaven. And on the one side of the line, we're just asking for it to be released into our now, and that's called a miracle. We're allowed to do that. And if we don't get it here, we get it there. And so I am leaning into it and I'd like to see more of it. And um, I think people think like, oh, my thing's not that bad. I can't believe that I'd bother God for that. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's other people that uh, 
they put an if on it. Like, if you heal me, then I'll do this. And God's like, no, no, yeah. that's not. And and I don't understand. I don't understand. But I know that we all get healed in his presence. And I know that this world isn't the end, but I also am amazed at healings. And I know we're allowed to pray for them. So I'm going to keep praying. Yeah. And one thing I've heard from people who are, are skeptical and continue to be reject these ideas. And we had our staff at our staff prayer last Tuesday share about things that they've been healed. And one person said, I had terminal cancer. They gave me 18 months to live. It's four years later. I'm still here. They have no explanation. One person said their arm was broken. They have an x-ray of their arm being broken. They went in the next day, totally healed, right? right? What, what I've heard from people who are skeptical of this, they say, if that were true, then people we would share that story and doctors would verify it and so many more people would believe. So why not take those examples of that healing and show it to everyone and share it and let the medical community ridicule it? Because let- people would criticize everything. They would say it's a scam, it's a fake x-ray, it's this. I, I, they will attack it. Mm-hmm. They'll say it's AI. They will say it's a deep fake. They will, I mean, think yeah. about today. What are we gonna believe in the future with AI yeah. and deep fake? you're almost gonna have to be like, well, I don't care what you say. I know what I was. This is what I was. This is what I am. And I'm moving forward. Like, yeah, with AI, I was talking about that with our family. And um, we're going to go back to the days of where technology was no longer admissible or, or technology didn't exist because technology will no longer be admissible in court because you could claim that it's not real. It's a doctored image. It's AI. It's fake. That wasn't me. That that video that looks just like me, that wasn't real. So now you're going to have to go back to eyewitness accounts, the testimony of people right. that is going to need to verify whether it's true or not because you can't trust the video anymore. Sorry, that ain't me. That's AI. That's fake. And what do you say if – like? You have to do forensics and this, and no, they're just really good. It's like a forgery. And so that's just interesting to where it kind of goes back all the way circling around to say, what's the truth? It's the witness and the testimony. And of course, that ties into healing. It ties into the gifts of yeah. the Spirit. But when you think about a church, a Spirit-filled church, that you know, on, on the weekends maybe, we're, we're not going to be shouting and hooting and hollering and praying Yeah, we have a philosophy on that. Yeah. Like the smaller the group and the more concentrated the group, the more the gifts of the spirit are free to operate. Um, if that makes sense, yeah, like, a small, like a small yeah. group or a group of leaders. Um, and then the more that there are people we don't know because the leaders have to prove everything. And so if somebody was in the back row and they're shouting out in a prophecy, I can't even hear it. I don't know who they are. The church is so big. So the bigger the church, the more it's controlled. Like I've read prophecies from the stage or in my sermons. Um, We've had people like on our staff share things, um, words of knowledge, uh, prophecies. Um, In our staff meeting, we've had like tongues and interpretation. So the smaller the group, uh, the more freedom there is. The larger the group, the more... Uh, the control. And then people say, well, why don't you give them the microphone? Not a chance. In today's day and age, giving someone a microphone is like an endorsement. There's unofficial rules. It's kind of like if you can follow somebody and that's okay, but if you like what they said, that's like an endorsement. And so there's rules, like there's new rules. Well, new rule, if I give you a microphone in our church, that's an endorsement. (laughs) But if you just shout from the seat, that's not an endorsement. Yeah, you could be someone who's hearing from the Lord or you could be crazy. Right. And so, which is interesting, my uncle was in service um, and um, Uncle Walt was here and he was in church 
and there were two people that gave prophecies in the church service, like on a weekend. And this was years ago. Church was smaller, about 500. And he came up to me afterwards. He goes, that first person, he goes, that was total crap. <laughs> and he goes, the second one, that was real. He goes, that one made my hair stick up. And what was so funny is as pastor, I wouldn't have phrased it that way, but I was kind of the first one. I was like, I've got to talk to them and kind of disciple them. I think that was a little bit of motion and I'll pastor them through it. It wasn't anything like dangerous that they said, but it, it just didn't resonate. And and here's a you know new believer, essentially. I think he got saved the week before. Yeah, Grandma talked about that last week. You know, he got saved the week before, and then within one week, he's already discerning. You know, isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. And I used to joke around and say, if you want to know if somebody's functioning in the gifts and it's really real, look at the youth group. Because the youth group ain't playing along. Yeah. Like, if it's real, they're going to be like, whoa. But if it's fake, they're going to be like, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's interesting for me. I've experienced this in a number of different places, and you talk about new believers, right? When you're when you have a friend that's not a believer that shows up to church, that person who's on the front row that kind of dances a little bit, you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Like, what are they going to think of that person? But then, like, at our conference, this the, the presence of God was just so thick and amazing. And the final night, we are worshiping. We are going after yeah. And I'm like, how can I not speak? Like, I want to spit around right now. I mean, <laughs> I, I like felt that. Now you know, we're jumping, we're worshiping, we're praising. And there are moments where on a weekend, like I I would never do that. But I think about David, he's dancing before the Lord. He, you know, his own wife is making fun of him. But I think like finding those times, I know Larry Stockstill, he came into the a message for our staff right. and he said, dance before the Lord. Again, maybe it's only you, but I think that our prayer times, our personal prayer times, probably need to be the most spirit-filled things, using our prayer yeah. language, in using tongues. Can you maybe, ending this conversation, talk about y how you've used it for you? We've talked about how it edifies the body. Of course, there's a lot of debate about that. How people implement it in their church is up for them to shepherd. Right. But talk about you and how the, the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit have lifted up you. Yeah, and there's so many things you covered. I want to like it's like close that problem and close that one. But, I created problems. Well, what we you know when you talk about like craziness or people yeah. dancing. So here's what we said as a rule: any natural human emotion is allowed in church. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you go to a Vikings game and they win, you high five, you jump, you clap, you might shout. It's natural. But I've never seen the Vikings score a touchdown and somebody like bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken or, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That so, was, yeah. You, so it's like, uh, that wasn't wasted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Don't so, be drunk with wine, but yeah. fill with the spirit. Fill with the spirit. Uh, so we're like, any natural human emotion is okay. Now, some people might be more emotional than others, but it's normal human emotion, all right? Now, sometimes you get people in your church that don't match what's going on with what really God is doing, and it seems like they are running a play rather than flowing with the Spirit, so you just pastor them. So that's natural. And then the other thing is, I think we should explain things better. Like, if people are spinning around and your church does have that, I think you should say, like, hey, I want you to know that people are— 
really excited for God, and we're really good with it. Some of them dance, some of them spin, but if you've been forgiven of the things they have been forgiven, you'd spin too. And, uh, you know, we're not going to make you spin, but please don't get mad at people that spin. You know, like, I think you should explain what's going on so people are like, okay. And what's crazy is sometimes people that are not believers are more excited about it than believers are. They're like, that was awesome. These guys really love Jesus. Like, I've never seen people love Jesus like that. And then in my own life, so then that one, which you asked, um, I, I did a teaching for our staff, like when I pray in the spirit and I pray in my prayer language all the time. Like I point to my prayer list and pray in the spirit over, like I would point to your name, you and Mac, and I would pray in, in my understanding and I pray in the spirit over you. Why? Why? Cause there's things that I know you need and are praying for. And then there's things I don't know you need, but the spirit does. And so I pray in the spirit for you. And so I would do that. We pray over families in our church and I point at the family in our church that I may not even know their name, who they are, but I see their name there. And I pray in the spirit while I'm pointing at their name and looking and praying for them. And so I'm doing that. Um, and I just, you know, I'm kind of overwhelmed even just thinking about this. Like we just pray and what we know and what we don't know. And I think the other day we went to Hope uh, Breakfast mm-hmm. and the server, crazy, he was somebody that mom and I prayed for at a caribou coffee. We were coming out in Burnsville of our the caribou, and this couple stops us, and they said, can we talk to you? And they were crying. They said, our son is addicted to drugs, and he's bound by drugs, and we just need somebody to pray. We started coming to River Valley, and, and, and sorry to bother you. You're coming out of caribou. And in the parking lot, we just prayed. We were praying in the spirit, praying in English for him. Well, eventually, he's now saved. He is sober. He is fired up for God. He served us our food. He was at Seek Week. Yeah. And so I'm, we're just, I'll pray in the parking lot in the spirit, but I'll pray by myself. I'll, I'll, when somebody else is praying, I agree with them in prayer by praying in the spirit. I don't have to pray loud. And boy, there's so many things on this. Like we have a rule in church. If somebody prays in a projected way in tongues, it has to be interpreted. But if they just are loud, like they just are a loud person and it's like, you can hear it. You're three people where you hear it. That's not, they're not projecting it for the room yeah, it's not an exhortation. It's the, it's yeah. the proximity that just we're praying. Mm-hmm. But if somebody projects, it needs to be interpreted. Um, so I'm praying in the Spirit all the time, whether uh, if I see an ambulance go by. I don't know who's in that ambulance, but God does, so I pray in the Spirit. Like, what would you pray if an ambulance would help the person, whatever is there? Is there a person in there or are they going to the person? You know what I mean? But the Spirit of God knows, so I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Um if I feel any like oppression on me, I'll pray in the spirit. Like, I'll just be like, man, I just feel like it's dark here. It's like, I'm going to change the atmosphere. I'm going to pray in the spirit. When I'm in a Muslim country and they do the call to prayer every single time, I start praying in tongues, the entire call to prayer. I don't know what they're saying on that thing, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray in the spirit. Mm. So I'm doing it all the time and it's built me up. And then I have other gifts and we don't even have time. We've probably gone longer than we wanted. Um, I know I have the gift of faith. I've been used with the gift of prophecy. I've done tongues and interpretation. Um, I'm praying for this year. I'm even praying, God, could I have discerning of spirits to know what's behind what's being said or done? Mm -hmm. Like there's an ability, there's a gift called discerning of spirits. And you can know the real spirit behind what is being said where somebody might be saying, oh yeah, this is a great policy or this is a great Mm -hmm. thing. And you're like, wait a minute. 
I'm discerning on a supernatural level that there's something behind what you're saying that's not aligned with what I'm praying for that. Yeah. That is a gift of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's healings, there's miracles. I mean, so, yeah. yeah. And I think they're amazing and they're here for us to build the church. And I want us to have all three, like I said in that sermon, live in the grace of God and realize we're all saved by grace. Abide in Christ so that the fruit of the Spirit is in you, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, you know, self-control. That is growing in your life. That only comes from spending time with Christ mm-hmm. and then and and being in his presence and worshiping and then have the gifts that he gives you through the baptism in the, in the Holy Spirit, but also there's other gifts that he gives us as the body, like leadership, the gifts of administration, the gift of helps, you can flow in those gifts and the gifts of the Spirit, develop the fruit, and live in the grace. So yeah, That's so good. I think the last thing here, um, you, you ended that so well, but maybe there's people listening that are pastors or church leaders. Maybe they're a deacon, they're an elder, there's somebody that feels like they're, they're a leader in the church. They don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, you talk about that pastor who he's a lead pastor. He came to you. I want this. Maybe mm-hmm. my tradition is not, that's not normal. What would you say to them to maybe, if they're listening to this and leaning yeah. in and saying, hey, that's not my background, but what would be your encouragement to them aside from just get this? Yeah. Uh, well, we have some resources. Last year's Seek Week with Tim Enlow mm-hmm. was so informative that anybody that's coming with a bias against it, because some people have to like deconstruct their bias. Like yeah. I got to tear it down and like, why you am I that so first? biased? Pastor Rob is for deconstruction. For bias. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so they could watch something like that from Seek Week from last year with Tim Enlow and educate themselves, books, etc., to get to where they're like, this is for me. Because you're not going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit if you don't think it's for you. You're like, I'm opposed to this. So if you're leaning into it, at least get that. The second thing is get around people that are spirit-filled. When I look at the accounts in Acts, people that were spirit-filled prayed for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it wasn't random like we were just sitting around and then something happened to us. It's there was an exchange going. The body of Christ was allowed to be the body of Christ. So get around people that are that and then lean into it. Make yourself available. Find the opportunity. And what we do is a Holy Spirit retreat. And I would encourage anybody that they should lean into that. They could replicate it. Um, and we we set aside like a five-hour block to explain to go, here's who the Holy Spirit is. Here's how baptism in the Holy Spirit works. Here's the gifts that are available. Here's how it's going to happen. And now we want to pray for you. And so you make yourself available to a church service, but you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit in a living room, in, but it's, it's our church service, but it, it's leaning into this. I mean, I, can I, I'm going to close with this because yeah. I shared it publicly too. I had lunch with John Piper, and he said to me, I wanted more than anything in my life to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, and it never happened. And that just shocked me. And I've talked with other leaders, like prominent Bill Bright was like, wanted the baptism in the Holy Spirit and locked himself in a hotel for three days trying to get it. But the thing is, you don't isolate for this to happen. I believe you get next to people that have experienced it. And there's something about the laying on of hands. And so many people that are desiring it. That's the one accord that talk about at Pentecost. Yeah. Many people that desire it 
pull away and want to have it privately and isolated. And God's like, no, go to someone. Think about the other Ananias lays hands on Saul, who becomes Paul, and and he's he receives the power of the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there's something about a believer being in this process with you uh, for many of the instances. Now, does it always? Not always, but does that make sense? Yeah, and so sense. those are steps that I would say that somebody should do. Um, and then the last thing I'd say is don't think like, well, it's just not for me. No, it is for you. Boy, I've talked a lot, but people think like, like God's withholding it. No, you haven't figured out how supernatural and natural work together in you. You've understood that he forgives you, which still blows your mind, but you haven't figured out how can God supernaturally work through this natural body and speak a different way with tongues or flow in these gifts. Mm -hmm. And you should lean into it. The, the world needs a spirit-filled church. Organized won't cut it. I predict we're five years away from organized church will be like attacked because it's organized, slick, it's too professional, it's whatever. It's it's almost going to be like Jesus I know and Paul I know, but you organize people, I got no time. Like I think you're going to have to be spirit-filled and there's going to be a, a, a dividing line that the church is going to have to embrace what Jesus said to wait for. And, and, and I think it's coming and I want to be on the leading edge of it. So good. Well, amazing encouragement to us. And I'm sure there will be more over time and we'll get to the other topics later, but yeah. thanks for sharing on this. I know it's relevant to us right now and I'm sure it's relevant to a lot of people listening. So thank you as always. My pleasure. My pleasure.